for all your financial needs. This is Money Talks. We're back. Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jim Crone and DJ Barker. And uh, all right, so uh, we have a situation we do want to talk about. And uh, you know, Jim, mm. you you've already hit on some of the some of the interesting pieces of this, but. Uh, uh, Philip and Jana have uh, been very successful in their careers. Uh, recently, they got uh, their wills reviewed by an attorney, and the attorney discovered that, uh, um, you know, there was a charity listed as a beneficiary on one of their accounts, uh, and he pointed out that they could maximize their donations by using life insurance, and, and we thought maybe it would be interesting for you to flesh out mm. uh, a little bit about how that would go um for uh for somebody in Philip and Janice spot. Sure. Well, the question from the attorney sparked the curiosity. Sure. And so our goal is really to try to help answer a lot of the questions that might come from that. And so um it's a true statement to say that life insurance in any in any regard is all about leverage, right? It gives mm-hmm. whatever you're trying to do more volume with minimal dollars in terms of outflow, right? Um, so in this particular example, the, the concept was, well, uh, if their intent was to give X to a charity, uh, well, could you do it in a little bit different way but get a more maximum type of a, quote, bang for the buck? Sure. And so it really did launch us down a path to kind of explore how is that done? Well, what are the most efficient ways to do that? You know, with the tax law change that came about 2017, it it changed a lot of the dynamic relative to uh, charitable giving. And so those are now, those charities are now looking at, boy, how do we try to stev the the flow that wasn't, that that was changed with this new tax law. And so we started down this path of exploring, you know, could they purchase their own life insurance or essentially use the ones that they already had? That was one of the conversations. Sure. And just either uh, make sure that the family or the spouse was well taken care of, which they were, and then some portion of that, 10%, could be 50%, could be an actual dollar amount, was designated for a specific charity of their interest. Okay. So they maintained ownership, or they can maintain ownership, um, and then at their passing, they could make sure that their charity uh, of choice is well taken care of. Okay. Does it cost anything to change the beneficiary? No. Uh, that's the interesting thing. There is no, there's no cost component because it's essentially whatever premiums you were already scheduled to pay, you're going to continue. Yeah. We've been talking about some life insurance and how you can increase the amount you give to charity uh, with a life insurance policy. Um for those of you who have financial questions, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can call us on our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. Uh, the way it works, you leave your, you'll hear our recording. You leave your um, voicemail, uh, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, for those of you who prefer to call and talk to a human, you can do that as well. You call 770 770- Four two nine nine one six six. Ask for our radio show or Kelly Lynn, who is our producer. She will get you uh, get your question and get it to us, and uh, we will answer on the air. Um, the other way is you can email us, and the email address is drgene at hensler.com. 
That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, Hensler.com, spelled the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, and uh, you can potentially find the answer to your own question. We have all uh, types of uh, financial topics that are covered there with articles, uh, maybe even something about insurance if um, if Jim has done a good job. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I'll just maybe, call the number. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll suppress. Uh, uh. Yeah. Anyway, Jim, you do a great job. Uh, I like you whether DJ does or not. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, when we left the topic, uh, we were talking about, like I said, ways to uh, improve uh, your charitable giving through mm. insurance. And uh, a lot of folks don't think about this, but... Um, you know, I, I, I know you were fleshing out just how that could work. Basically, yeah. you make the beneficiary the um, the charity and let them receive the benefits once you pass. Yeah, uh, is is kind of the basic right. piece. Right. Now, a lot of times, um, you know, when DJ, when you get a a young couple mm-hmm. uh, who's looking for a financial plan. Uh, and they've just gotten started, so they have no cash. Um, I would assume that, you know, kind of the regular progression of things is you want to get them an emergency fund started, uh, six months of operational spending cash so that they can cover things that are unforeseen, like somebody loses a job or, you know, whatever. Car breaking down, those kind of things. Not a vacation, but, yeah, if your emergency something happens, we don't have the cash flow. So we we definitely, the the younger professionals, uh, it's budgeting right and saving for emergency reserve. Yeah, so the budget gets them to a point where they they can save. Know what the cash flow looks like on a monthly basis. The cash flow tells us what we can save in addition. Uh, Get that, you know, three to six months worth of funding. And then that's when we kind of have the conversation of, you know, needs for, again, we always talk about intent. What's the intent of life insurance? How do we, why do we need it? Uh, income replacement. And then we start talking about, you know, obviously there's different types of life insurance, but we generally just like your standard term policy for a young professional. Replacing well, like income. Yeah, yeah replacing like the income. Year, you know, 20 year term is that most common? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, talk about that type of policy. And then, you know, as the dynamic and the the changes in their career happens, that's when we bring in right. more components for sure. Yeah. That actually fits well into the strategy that we were having a conversation about before because the clients, they had multiple policies. Right. So um, it was true from the attorney that they identified an account with the charity as the beneficiary. Right. And he made a point, well, gosh, if, you, if that was your goal – then maybe you could find a better leverage there if you were to name that charity as a beneficiary rather than that, which then, you know, that sparked the whole diving deeper into these conversations. And back to the original point of we wanted to first make sure that they each had each other's protection element first, right? So if one passed, then the uh, protecting of their income was there so that their plan could come to fruition. That's the primary focus of what we ended up doing in that process. We uncovered that the gentleman actually had an existing variable universal life policy started many, many years before, and he essentially quit paying into it. And as a result, 
the results were that he had about a $42,000 cash value to support a $250,000 death benefit. So in this conversation, sparked by the attorney, which fleshed out when we make sure that the core insurance that was already there was there to replace their incomes if they passed, then you come up with this, gosh, what do you do with this other policy? And we then began to explore, well, could you name the charity as that beneficiary of that particular policy? And the absolute answer to that one is yes. And then we started to think, well, gosh, could we gift that policy to the charity? And the answer to that is yes. So there's another avenue of potential planning that's going to be to the benefit of the individual. Because when they do that, in that circumstance, their gift actually would have been the actual cash value. Mm -hmm. So with that, we then start to go back to the original insurance company and ask questions about, well, how long is this policy going to last? And the answers came back that it was going to go for about nine or ten years. At a gentleman his age, it didn't quite do a lot of um, – there could, there's a very high likelihood there would be required premiums somewhere down the road. Okay. So the answer that was concluded on for this particular circumstance was they were just going to cash out of the policy and donate the $42,000. Okay. Because that was the end effect of what they were going to do. They were going to give it in one way, shape, or form. I see. And so uh, they made the decision, gosh, it would be better for us to just give them the $42,000 in cash. So I got a couple of questions. Sure. When you cash out on a policy, is there a taxable event? It would, it would only become a taxable event if you had cash value greater than the volume of premiums that you paid in. Okay. So, so the, the fact that it had been paying for itself for a little while makes it... The the volume of premiums that had been paid in was actually well ahead of the $42,000. So upon canceling, there was no taxable event for okay. that issue. So if it has grown... Sure. Have and if you did have a situation where in this hypothetical, if they had only paid in, say, 30000 of of premium and a cash value of forty two, if they cancel, that creates an ordinary income of $12,000 Okay. in that situation. And but does the, the, the life insurance company tracks that? They're, yes. Yes. I mean, so it's not something that Correct. a client would need to, on paper... Correct. keep track of initial contribution and monthly this for That's the last 20 point. years the life insurance policy is done and tracked the life of in interest and income and dividends whatever's happening inside that policy yeah one of the core questions we always ask particularly with cash value policies is what is the basis or yeah. what is the calculation done to calculate make sure we understand how much premium has been paid in yeah because that answers that question right. we so got to know that to, if you haven't kept good records it's okay. And you're listening. That's okay. You might, you know, the, the life insurance question. company they should. Have, oh, they yeah, always they're going to have that documentation have or, yeah. or record. Definitely. Okay. All right. Uh, it's all good stuff. Um, yeah. The other piece is even if it was taxable and you're giving it away, yeah. I mean, you, we don't have a, an accountant on today, but. Uh, True. Reality is you've given That's away a good the income. Point. That That's was a very there, good so. point. So yeah, they they could have gifted and the charity could have then cashed it out. Yeah. To then avoid any of the taxable issue for the client. Oh okay. There so you go. if you've again if you know remember the you know the uh, itemized deduction right so sure because of the changes you got to 
you got to gift a little bit more to, to cross to that, threshold. that threshold. So we got to be careful exactly. of that. What about insurable interest? Let's go back to that because at mm. the beginning of the show, you, you mentioned that. So let's say, again, this policy has been in effect for quite some time, yep. you know, 15, 20 years. So mm-hmm. at the time, let's assume there was the insurance company, they made the audit, they assumed, yes, it was a spouse that was mm-hmm. going to be the beneficiary. 15 years later, we're changing that beneficiary potentially to a charitable organization. Sure. How, how does that break through? Is that a, a, a legal act? Can you, again, is that allowed? Good point or good question. The insurable interest is established at the time the policy has been taken out. Mm. Um, and that's the criteria that you have to have in order to have a policy legally Written. be brought into existence. When you st- when you move beyond that, then you're stepping into either um, uh, if it's you can sell the policy to another entity or you can gift it. And if you sell the policy, there has to be a legal uh, arm's length transaction that that makes that um, allowable. So that's a it's possible. Insurable interest, as I said, it's established at the time of the policy. Uh, Beneficiaries can be changed Mm -hmm. by the owner. So the insurable interest really has only a bearing on who owns the, the policy. The opening sequence. The opening sequence. And if there are things to be done and changed down the road, they are legitimately available. Uh, one being a gift. A second option is a, is a sale, which we can talk about. Yeah, maybe There's, when we come back, why yeah. don't we jump into to that? Because that sounds like an interesting uh, scenario. Jim, you brought up that there has not always been the smoothest of sledding mm. in the space, uh, get, getting uh, money to a charity via life insurance policies yeah. is kind of an old concept. It's not new. Sure. And um, you said there's been some yeah, there trouble, was some in, trouble in, in, in paradise. insurance paradise. Oh, yeah. goodness. Yeah. Several years ago, uh, there was a strategy. So there were firms that were pitching these concepts to charities as a mechanism for raising funds. So there was a, you had a good intent, but then you get into the details and you start wondering, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, there were days where the charitable foundation, whatever it happened to be, would be purchasing life insurance policies on any number of their donors, top donors, some small, whatever. That donor would have to agree to this? Sure, I absolutely. Okay. So that would be, we'll call it step one. And then the the contract was owned by the charity. Okay. And then a short time afterwards, could be a year, could be however long it would take, but they would then go out and sell the charity because they are the owner of that contract on the life of whoever they don't have as a donor. They would go sell that policy for cash in hand today. And it would be a, a discount against the death benefit. But there are policies, there are corporations and uh, we'll call it the secondary market of life insurance um, that would uh, come in and purchase policies. And so it was kind of a, it was a scheme. And, and as a result of that, um, insurance companies have a lot more questions today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have, are those secondary markets still out? In the sure they are. Well, um, we've worked a couple scenarios we where we have shopped. Yeah. We have. Think, you know. Well, the, the issues that we're, it can make sense for a secondary purchase, secondary market of a policy is when you have a situation where the client, for whatever reason, either their their own goal or intent, they don't want it, need it anymore, or 
there is a cash flow issue. They can't make those premiums. Uh, there's could be any number of issues, but the secondary market is called life settlements, and that's there. Uh, it's typically for clients who have less than 10 years of life expectancy. That's when which you is have, tough, right? I mean, you is. think about this. You come into this, a client's coming to the table with a need for money, and you're basically saying, "It's a choice. I got to have a little bit more because yeah. what's your health situation? If you're going to live for 20 years, this isn't an option." That's exactly if you're going to live right. for five, and it's a hard conversation to have, an uncomfortable conversation sure. to yeah. have because it's a, I, a different scenario. I had a different situation. I had a couple who uh, had a second-to-die policy, owned in a trust, and they actually did approach me to see if there was a secondary choice. They didn't want the life insurance anymore in the, in the policy, excuse me, held in the trust. Uh with their ages of 65 and 64, I had to tell them, eh, no, there isn't a market <laughs> yeah. for you to. And so then you're left with a different choice. You either just cash it out, which in their circumstance, there was no cash value. So, you know, you're exactly right. Those are difficult questions to arrive at. And the only way you're going to be able to explore that option fully is to kind of go through a real probing yeah. process for the life insurance where they're going to go out they're not going to do a new medical exam, but they're going to go get your medical records and make their own judgment yeah. on how long of life expectancy they believe is going to be there. And then they can make an offer and purchase the policy. That was where we were going before right. in terms of an insurable interest. They're purchasing an insurable interest yeah. because it was done. The per- insurable interest was established at the time of the contract way back when. Yeah. So Yeah. Interesting that uh, somebody would come up with a strategy that would uh, be so creative. It's a, uh, I got to tell you, the first venture into this uh, life settlement market that I I did many, many years ago, man, it was the wild, wild west. I mean, it was, uh, it was a uh, offer here and then you had a competing offer there. And then I began to step back and say, what, what's going on? And in that circumstance, we did find a good answer, but uh, it's a lot more tight today in terms of some regulatory framework. Sure, has yeah, come they, in. they've come into the, yeah. the picture and yeah. put belt and suspenders around it. So belt and suspenders, you gotta love some of that. Yeah. And white shoes, really? <laughs> That's for the insurance like, guy. Sounds like DJ's uh, emu catching costume. <laughs> That's right. D- sounds like DJ's Christmas costume. <laughs> well, he does have one of those, and if you haven't seen it, boy, are you missing a treat. <laughs> I, I don't know. We ought to talk to our producer to see if we can put that on the website. We don't need that to happen. Yeah, no, I don't I think. think uh, awesome. uh, if you ever seen Cousin Eddie, you can kind of get an idea. Put that picture to, in your mind. Well, that there's yeah. an RV. Christmas, Christmas VK. Yeah, that is an that. RV. Uh, real cool there, Clark. Um, yeah, everything with insurance and Jim is That's interesting. It's just fun. It's fun. It's fun. All right. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. 
Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.